0: Life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility, but driving shouldn't be just another chore.
1: We're here to help you find a car you love, something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul, and this is the Everyday Driver Car To Be. I realized since our last podcast that you're very right about something. I am. You've been making fun of me because I keep showing up at the podcast and going, I have a story for you, and it relates to the Lotus. <laughs> you have another I'm, one, don't and you? And I'm back again, and I'm sorry, <laughs> but there's, it's the Lotus lessons, man. <laughs> did it blow up? It or didn't. It did didn't. It, is it underwater
0: no, in a pool somewhere? No, no,
1: no. It's actually it's actually better than ever, honestly. Okay, but here's I'm But here's what it. I realized. Here's what I realized. This weekend, I did something. I know. This is the sentence that happens with me and the Lotus. I did something I've never done before. <laughs> but what it was in this case was I took out most of the interior of a car.
0: Okay. Now the Lotus
1: doesn't have a lot of interior anyway. Is
0: this your first time taking an interior out of a
1: car? Yes. Why would I've ever done this before? Why <laughs> I would I? <laughs> why would I ever? I, I have never had a reason to remove seats. I don't do sound deadening. I'm not a stereo guy. Why would I take seats? I was out a, of a stereo car? guy.
0: I was totally into stereo. Okay.
1: Sure. So I've never never done that. But I've told you about the cursed alarm.
0: Yes. We. I've heard the alarm. I've sat in your yes. living room listening to the alarm.
1: Listen to it randomly chirp. But a week ago. A week ago, it, it literally – this is not a joke. This is the thing people joke about. It literally woke me up at 3 in the morning because it randomly went off.
0: <laughs> it, it, and unlike an alarm clock, you can't smash it or throw it across the totally, room. Totally. And I, and I jumped definitely out of bed. Regret doing that.
1: I jumped out of bed, still foggy, and I was like, is that my alarm? My wife went, yes. And I'm running <laughs> down the stairs, running down the stairs. I get to the bottom of the stairs in my house, and it stops. <laughs> and, and, and that was the end. That was the end. It was like, I don't care if it's ever going to work right again. It's coming out. But that meant I had to take out both seats and everything along the firewall, mid-engine car, everything along the firewall behind the, the passenger seats of the car.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I had to do that. And that actually worked out okay. And then I posted this picture on Facebook of what looked like a bomb in the dashboard, which was actually the alarm that I had to <laughs> yeah, pull the that's... plug out of that. And I can't tell you how happy I am. And you figured out which wire to cut. It's all done. No, what I, color actually, was it? I actually unplugged the alarm itself. The actual plug oh, for the alarm is unplugged. So now. nothing got cut. It's Everything's actually good. still okay. That's the thing. I did every step in a way that if I wanted, I could retrofit it all back. See, this is instantly. good. Instantly. This is I good. I could just plug everything back in in the appropriate order and it would theoretically I'm going to put this in air quotes you can't see work again right
0: but, so it can wake you but up But now, in the morning again
1: exactly but now I have a car like remember those days when four heart cars had alarm and you locked the door remember those days weird with a this thing is the car I have it's very strange I know but here, here's why I'm so excited I didn't realize this until I was done with the project I've been kind of on edge the last 10 days okay. because I just don't know when the car's going to freak out <laughs> <laughs> I love driving it. But whenever it's parked at, at, you know, down when I'm working in Salt Lake as an editor, when I'm home, when I'm sleeping, when my son's trying to go to bed, right. I don't know if it's just going to su- just
0: randomly lose its mind in the garage. That's got to be really disconcerting. So now it's fixed. I'm sleeping like a baby. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. It's like the fire alarms in your house that are hardwired, but they have the battery back up and the uh-huh. battery starts to go bad. Yeah. And it just chirps once, uh-huh. and you don't know where in the house it was, and you don't know
1: if that means it's really going bad Did, or it's it just hiccuped. T- yeah,
0: and you just nothing, and then one a.m.
1: chirp. Uh huh. And my wife at first was like, "Why are you so excited about this?" Because she's been annoyed by it too. But I said, "You don't understand. I've just I've been constantly on edge about is my car going to lose its mind and I have to explain it to somebody."
0: <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: And now it doesn't. Now it's just a car with locks. I know that sounds well, so like nineteen sixty, <laughs> but I'm thrilled.
0: <laughs> Congratulations! I, I guess. I guess I so. Suppose. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> That's that awesome. taking
1: out seats on a weekend, r- ripping out the alarm would be that therapeutic. It's, but it has been. <laughs> Man, modest lessons for cathartic. the day. There you go.
0: <laughs> rip my interior out and I unplug stuff. <laughs> <sighs> wow! I feel better. I feel better. <laughs> Well, guys, welcome back to the podcast. We're thrilled you're along, as always. We've got a bit of a different podcast because of a particular question from Alec Vando on Mm -hmm. Facebook, who wrote in, and we promised you, Alec, that we would get to this. A couple
1: podcasts ago, fantastic questions, but we both kind of gulped and went, that's going to take some time.
0: It did. I, I spent this afternoon going through stuff, going through my ideas. The question was, in no particular order... What are cars you must drive? Mm-hmm. And you and I kind of debated back and forth. Does this mean cars that we want to drive? Mm-hmm. We can, you know, you could interpret it a couple What's different ways. What's on our ways. our must drive in the future list? It could read it that way. What for is sure. cars you must drive? But I think what we settle on is cars you must drive. Given the chance, cars mm-hmm. that exist now that you can drive that yeah. are out there. These are our gr- that a, you need to go experience. It's a greatest hits list. It's a, if yeah, you ever have the is. chance,
1: drive these. That's the must drive we're talking about. And yeah. I love Alec for writing in and giving us that inspiration because it's a fun thing to sit down and think about for all the stuff we've driven what's the stuff where it's like you really you have to get in one of these you mm-hmm. have to get
0: why this car's cool it's like the show a while back alonzo bowden the comedian who mm-hmm. did the hundred cars i think you must drive yeah a
1: thousand and one car things to do or something something, I, yeah, something like that yeah. it kind of
0: reminded me of that but this is based on our own experience of mm-hmm. course of course and caveat caveat this is not exhaustive or comprehensive in any way subject no. to change but as it stands right now, you know, subject to changes and additions. Of course, of course. But hey, it just gets you thinking, and it's it's definitely based on our experiences. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. man, you have got to go experience this for sure, for sure. And it's and I tried, I did this, I, I got kind of nuts with this. I was
1: telling you that earlier that I broke this down into all kinds of categories. <laughs> I but, did. But the primary category for me is I, I wanted to stay. I wanted to keep my list below fifty grand, and that that could be. The car is available new for less than fifty grand, but it could also be the car was a hundred and now you can get it for less than fifty. But I wanted the majority of my comments to be less than fifty grand, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then I actually I did do a little bit of an above fifty k kind of highlights list, but I I focused below fifty grand and I also then grouped it by uh, drive wheels. Oh, you did to keep me from just having this weird list. I tried to be about four things per drive wheel is kind of where I did
0: just to kind of rein myself in a bit. Interesting, I categorize this entire list in differently, completely Of course you did. This is what's great about what we do. Yeah, go on. <laughs> so mine was broken up into emotions. And that is each Amazing. car okay. eliciting a specific feel to the driving experience. And therefore, that relates to where the engine is in the car. I like this. I like so, this. Good, good, I mean, good. Really, there's only four powertrain layouts, front engine, uh-huh. front mid, rear mid, and uh-huh. rear unless you remember that Audi Aztec concept from the 90s that had the engine on the side of the car and you were on the other side. So that doesn't exist. So we'll go with four. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Wow. I Yes, We you you and I talked about how we were going to tackle this earlier, that it was going to be cars that we recommend. And then now you've gone completely differently than I approach it, which I, I love
0: that. Let's go I on. I mean, it's because when we're on camera driving various cars, the feel going through a particular corner or something sure. like that, we, we spout off and go nuts about whatever that feel feeling yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I kind of curated it. I, I read back through the list. I didn't go too far back okay. in terms okay. of age of cars. I mean, I didn't go back to the 70s or 60s or anything like that. Sure, sure. But this is just, generally speaking, modern cars that you can get into, you can afford. Mm-hmm. The cars that are are just fun, and each one of them has its own thing
1: about it. I think that's great. And the other key thing—it sounds like you kind of did the same thing I did—and that is, there's really not a whole point in listing off a bunch of unicorns here. If you no, have no chance no, in your no. life of bumping into one or ever even talking about yeah. getting in one, we can say it's awesome. But so, yeah, Mitsubishi you know?
0: Sterions are not on my list. <laughs> okay, actually. all right. Weird cars from the nineties. Right, no. so
1: where do you want to jump in? Let's start with the Porsches. Okay, all right. Let's just
0: get it done. Okay,
1: for those of you that are drinking, I'm <laughs> apologizing right now, because Paul's just starting with Porsche. I'm sure we'll say proclivity at least once, and you'll be on the floor in the next 10 minutes,
0: and you'll never even hear what I said, but that's fine. <laughs> well, I had to. I mean, that's fine. I categorized this as the Porsches. Okay, of course you did. And so I jumped in. If you have not seen our 50 years in the 911, this was based on—my my selections were based on all the driving that you and I did in that film. Tons of it, yes. And I have to start with the late 80s 3.2 Carrera. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. drove that again recently, as a matter we of fact. Did. We did. Yep. Talked about it a lot. Marveled over this car. And I just remember driving this. As a matter of fact, I've been looking at <clears throat> used ones. I'm just looking. All bad.
1: Just looking. I, w- I, will give you, I will give you one uh, encouragement, though. Okay. You're looking at as they're starting to come down. Which
0: I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm actually intrigued by this. They are dropping. When we
1: did our film, they were at the peak of madness. I mean, just yeah, the, the cars that honestly shouldn't yeah. cost what they did cost twice what they should. And now I feel like they're settling out. I saw on uh, on Bring a Trailer today there was a nine nine three, but a base nine nine three. Okay, all right. You know, three years ago that would have been like a seventy thousand dollar car. It looked Jeez. like it was going to sell for something like thirty or forty. That's encouraging. Which, okay. Because the 993 prices, were, were
0: they were insane, is what they were. Yeah, yeah. Because it was the nice. last of the air-cooled. So, yeah. Anyway, go on. As a matter of fact, the 993 is the second car on my list of oh, okay, the good. Porsches here. Yeah, yeah, 993, again, even though it's the same recipe, you know, the rear engine, we're talking 911s, It it elicits a different feel to it. A little bit. A little bit. And so the 993 is on the list, and definitely the 991, 911, in either manual or PDK. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. PDK comes into question because there's so many folks that have not experienced this, and frankly, are amazed. Mm-hmm. There's really no transmission like it on the market. For sure, for sure. So I will say a 911, 991 with a PDK. It's a transmission that makes believers of people. That's yeah. the thing we've discovered. Yeah. yeah. If you come in with an open mind and you know yeah. all that stuff. For sure, so. for sure. The Caymans are on the list. The 987 Cayman, so the first generation Cayman that I sure. had. Yeah. And the 981 Cayman S or GTS. Mm-hmm. That's on my list. Shocking. Because own.
1: you've owned both of those, yeah. so it makes sense. But I see that.
0: And a car I've also owned, a 928. So I went mm-hmm. with a second generation Porsche 928. S4 yeah, yeah, or yeah. GT or GTS. Those are such cool cars. They're so different. I mean, you could say, "Oh, it's the German Corvette," but they don't act like it. It's got the weissach mm-hmm. rear axle and it, it the the way it handles and holds the road is very not like a GT car even though it is a GT car.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: It's very strange sure, and sure. quite nice. Transaxle so the weight balance is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, those are those are the cars we could again go nuts. <laughs> but I'm going to stay not super comprehensive, but these are cars that you might know somebody with these cars. Sure. Get in sure. this car. Any of them. I'm going I'm to jump off your Porsche
1: list and go down one of the rabbit trails that I have here because I think it connects pretty well. I had a category after, and again, I broke mine down by, uh, by driveline. Drive but then I realized there were some cars right. that I wanted to include that I didn't want to put in those driveline segments. And I put it under a category that I called, now I get it meaning these are oddball cars. <laughs> these are oddball cars. But if you can get into them and drive them, you should because you'll understand why people keep talking about them as being unique or awesome finish or your special drive or and You you get out
0: and you scream to the world, no, I get exactly. it. Exactly. Right. And
1: one of the ones on that list is why I want to connect them. One of the ones on that list is if you ever get a chance, and I say this as the non-Porsche guy of the of is watch our 50 years of 911 film because I come in really not getting it. And I get out of the film. You had an open mind,
0: though, which I is did. great.
1: No, but I wanted to learn. And I got out of the film understanding it. Still not, you know, paddling in the pool of Porsche as you do, mm-hmm. which is hard to say. But uh, but really understanding it. And on that now-I-get-it list is an air-cooled 911.
0: Okay, just, you're saying any air-cooled Just get in an air-cooled 911 because yeah.
1: the modern yeah. ones – are fantastic cars, but there is something unique and special about those air-cooled 911s. And I would recommend get in the G-Series, get in something from at least the the mid to late 80s, ideally with the G50 transmission that was a a superb transmission they upgraded to in the mid-80s. You mentioned the Carrera 3.2. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about that era. And onward, on through the 964s, 993s. doesn't matter. But even if you got into the early G-Series, like the 70s cars, Bring it, okay? Mm-hmm. So an air-cooled 911, just because you'll come out with a different perspective. I know I did. So that's on my now-I-get-it list. But on that list as well.
0: <laughs> so funny. You now should, I get it. You should oh drive an RX-8.
1: Oh, really? Just because it's the most modern rotary so far. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a rotary fan, but after driving the RX-8 on a few occasions, I did have that now-I-get-it moment. I understand why people love them. And it is such a different engine feel. It's a completely unique engine feel. And here's this chassis that handles really well, has a surprising amount of space, with this just unicorn
0: of an engine. Mm -hmm. And because they're cheap
1: and not precious, get in an RX-8 somehow and drive it just to go, okay, now I get the rotary thing.
0: Yeah. No, the RX-8 was on my list. I feel like I've got too many cars on my list now. We
1: both do. This is And also on the – because while I'm here, I'll just stay on the now I get it. Um, The E46 M3, if you get a chance – Oh, yeah. Because good. that's the one that is good. the, and I'm pardoned me referencing our other film, but that's the one that is the BMW M3 icon. When people think BMW M3, they're kind of unknowingly, I think, talking about the E46 M3. Mm-hmm. It's naturally sure. aspirated. It's a brilliant inline-six engine with a really, really high red line. Mm-hmm. The steering is magical. It's really, really good. That is a car that I think when people picture what a BMW is supposed to to feel like— it's that car. It's kind of the that. pinnacle of that. So I, I think the E46 M3, if you get a chance, for sure, two more on this list. <laughs> it could be a long list, though. No, no, no. It could. Classic Datsun. The original Zs, 240, 260. Oh, really? Yeah, just That's so you kind of understand what we're talking no about. Okay. Get, get in one of those early, early ones from the 70s. One of those. And All then right. the most modern car on this list is the Mustang GT uh, GT350
0: that's definitely on my because list because
1: of that engine yeah. and the fact that it takes the mustang in a little bit of a new direction further towards sports car while having a very very unique engine so that's my now i get it list and now i can go into more realistic things but i just you got me there from the 911 <laughs> so i wanted to jump in
0: i like that i mean i categorize this into marks of cars i mean the manufacturers okay. and okay. then you know wrote down hi oh, I've, I've got too much on here so I'm going to come back to BMWs, and I'm going to say any 2002, most likely from the early 70s. Okay, yeah. But any 2002. We have a fast blast of that coming up. It's a pretty cool little car. Yeah, we do. It's uh, it's revelatory for me, mm. just like those early 911s were. It's The smells definitely go along with the experience. Classic cars have a smell to them. It's really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, you're smelling... And I, and I mean that in a great way. I, I know that's <laughs> well, a weird sentence, but I mean that in a great way. You know, plastics and leather and oil and all that stuff mixed together. They just smell a certain way. I mean, you're smelling metal or burnt metal or formerly burnt metal or, you know, <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. And so that was very revelatory car for me. You're going to have to watch that Fast Blast when it comes out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sticking with BMWs, okay. 2011 1M. This is on the list, baby. This is so different. It's so tiny. And in keeping with that 2002 theme, it's, you know, we added a ton of power and we still, as you like to say this, come see what we built. Hey, everybody, come see. It's a science project. It's, it's It's a fantastic science project, but it absolutely is. And then, of course, you know, again, referencing our icon film from last year, as a matter of fact, most all of the M3s are on my list for different reasons, though. <laughs> they go up in size, but the M2 recently on track on the ring was brilliant. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. It was that. really, really fun. And it to wasn't the even six the six speed. Ring. It was the DCT. It was yeah. just. But but there's, en- en- there's enough going on at the ring that, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm OK <laughs>
1: with the DCT for the madness that is the ring. I will admit that.
0: Yeah. I Yeah. The E30 M3 is on there. Sure, for a yeah. few different reasons, the 3.2 Carrera kind of feel in that car, mm-hmm. E46, the E92 cannot be ignored. It's it's a cool car. That we V8 talk about it a lot. It's just yeah, ridiculous. I mean, I'm finding those for $25,000. Mm-hmm. Like O eight, oh nine. A lot of car for that amount. 25 money. grand. Yeah, a lot of car for that money. I mean, we used to suggest WRX's for 25 grand and now we can add E92 M3s. It's a little scary. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, the F80 M3, the brand new one. I love the tech. I, I love know how everything much like that's it. going on yeah. with that car. I've never connected with it as much as you do. but everything. yeah, everything. Love that car. Interesting.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to stay with my engine layouts, uh, but since you're dealing in BMWs, I will jump to front engine, rear wheel drive, what I described okay. as the classic setup. So these are the cars, as far as I'm concerned, that you should get into that are that setup. Okay. I, the BMW 1M is on that list, which is why I'm jumping there now. It, all right. It's it's one of those, but you do need to drive. If any, I know, I know, I've said it a million times. I'm going to keep saying it because it's true. You need to drive one of the 86
0: twins. Absolutely, that That's is on the for, list over for here too. For all
1: of its power issues, for all of the things that people <laughs> love to give it internet hate for, honestly, when I had that car, I would put people into it and make them believers. Mm-hmm. They would get out and be like, okay. All right, I, I'm understanding why that's so well set up. People that have never driven re- rear-wheel drive before, and I've had this conversation, that will kind of throw shade on the 86s about, oh, I've never driven rear-wheel drive, but I have hear those are terrible for all of the. Go drive it. Mm-hmm. Go drive yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So the 86 twins, and then pick a generation of the Mazda Miata. Pick an MX-5. I don't care. Go That's drive good. one, Absolutely. even if you decide you want to walk away. I know you, Paul, are not as a big a fan of them as I am. I'm a pretty big fan. If I could fit, they'd be better. But but I know I like the NC a lot. But but you appreciate them. I do. I feel like you are for Miatas where I am with 911s.
0: That's a good way of putting it.
1: Where you can appreciate yeah. them, but you're not drawn to them. And yeah. and I think that yeah. I always got that vibe from you. I really like an MX-5. If I if I had about three more inches of headroom, I'd buy one. But um, well, you're
0: good at taking seats out now. I so am. You can yeah. Perform well, seat mods, and I'll, and I'll go
1: one further. Drop the a seat. lot of guys <laughs> that want more headroom. I'm not kidding. They will take the Miata seats out and bolt the Elise seats in. You're kidding me. That's a common mod. Well, good thing you have an Elise,
0: so now you can buy a Mazda and take the seats out of the Elise. <laughs> I just make, I make then, quick release seats. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Done. Just park your Elise, because you don't need that anymore, because you'll have a Miata with Elise seats. That's ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. Right?
1: But no. So the MX-5 is definitely on this classic rear-wheel drive. You have to drive it list. The 1M. And then two that are kind of fringe on here, but I like them because they go here, and I think you're surprised at what you can get them for. The Aston Martin Vantage. Wow. And the Jaguar F-Type. Also good. Because you can get them for less than 50 now. And because they have a unique character in this world. I would say the 86, mm-hmm. the Miata, and the 1M kind of do that setup perfectly. It's like, this is what this setup can be. Okay, but yet, I see the grouping. But yet the that. Vantage and the, and the F-Type take that idea and add their own little spin on it that gives them a different personality, which is why I
0: put them there too. For comparison purposes, since we're kind of at the top end right now, I need to bring up the Nissan GTR. Okay, the good most most recent generation R35. Sure, Nissan yeah, yeah. GTR. Yeah, yeah. It comes from me remembering on our road tour. So mm-hmm. on our pilgrimage trip that we recently took and last year, we take a road tour day between the two track days, uh-huh. and we are kindly provided with a lot of cars to get people rotating through on the road. So do street drives and some autobahn driving. Of these cars, and this year included a 2017 Nissan GTR, mm-hmm. and I got in, and I I was leading off for just a little bit, and I all those memories came flooding back of oh yes mm-hmm. ah yes the, mm-hmm. the GTR the car that turns you into a hero for sure, and you need to drive this car because of that feeling you need mm-hmm. to understand what your limits and your taste. For a car that does so much for you, mm-hmm. you need to go understand that and drive that for this reason.
1: If you have a chance, it's a it's a great call. I actually don't have that on my list, but I think it's a great,
0: great recommendation. It's more of a uh, not sorbet and car term, but more but it's, of it's a, a reference. It's a fantastic it, it a reference car. Yeah. Absolutely. It, so you can go from these, you know, rear engine, you know, the the early cars, and then you know, wow, so mechanical, and then all the way to this GTR going okay, so this is where modern car building is taking us. Mm-hmm. And and you bring it up. The interesting thing about when we have, like, the guys that climbed out of the GTR
1: that day, mm-hmm. it was interesting to hear their commentary because it was about that person's, I'm going to say it again, that person's proclivities, how did they come to driving, mm-hmm. completely affected their connection to the GTR. And some people that want raw and mechanical and informative got out of the GTR and were like, it's impressive, but I don't like it. Other guys that want the car to be this unbelievable machine, we had to peel them out of it. They, yeah. they, they, couldn't, they yeah. couldn't get enough time in it. And so it's interesting how much your personal biases, if you will, your personal preferences in driving affect the GTR, but nobody gets out of it and goes, that's not impressive. Because it's just right. impressive.
0: Right. And you find yourself going through corners that are so easy and you, and you look down, I'm really going that fast? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This car can do that. You're joking me. So, yeah, that's on the list for that reason, but not in terms of price category or anything, but just all-wheel drive. Fantastic reference Madness, Mm -hmm. Nutter. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. That was on the list. Um, So we can come back to a little bit more realistic cars, uh, but, of course, the Hellcat is on my list, too. Well, that's in my over 50 Because of that engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, a reference point, a benchmark. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need to taste this and then go away. Mm -hmm. I don't know that you need to own one. Maybe. I had the the Hellcat Charger
1: on my over 50 list. Did you? And I have it there for exactly what you're talking about. I think you walk away, kind of like the GTR. I think those are connected in thinking. You walk away going, I didn't know that was possible. (laughs) Because (laughs) the the Charger is this huge family vehicle, massive family vehicle. And yet you have this absolute bomb under the hood that is so easy access and wickedly powerful. And, you know, license stealing in instance, you know, and and, and I think you kind of have to get out and and, and you'll instantly feel like, do you connect with that or not? But everybody, if you have the chance, it's a fantastic experience to walk away from and just have as a reference.
0: I think that's great. I mean, you know, from a superhero character it's it's hulk it's it smashes everything there's no sure mystery as to sure. how it performs <laughs> its thing wow you got that much power that tiny car. no no it's a huge engine yeah in a it's, huge car in a huge car you understand how it makes yeah, all this yeah, power yeah. but you're still boggled by mm-hmm. what it does mm-hmm. that's great that's great that's on my my list there all right so uh coming back up to <clears throat> ford's Got to talk about Fords. For sure. And uh, you mentioned the GT350, which is on my list. But at the very bottom end, since we're not getting the next-gen Fiesta ST, Mm -hmm. they're inexpensive, and they're such a revelatory car for being front-engine, front-wheel drive. Yes, yes. We haven't really touched on front-wheel drive cars yet. I have my list, and the Fiesta's (laughs) on it. Is it? I'm I'm touching on this. We could argue Focus ST, but I I want to just stay Fiesta ST right now Mm -hmm. because it's so small. Mm Mm-hmm. And because of what it is, it's just, again, a car on the opposite end of the scale that you get out and you think, that car can do that and mm-hmm. make me feel so happy and delighted about agree. driving. Completely agree. How is this possible? Mm-hmm. That's why I like that car. Yeah. And I, I do have the Focus RS on there just because it's it's such a different car from Fiesta to Mustang. And, yeah again, they've done different things with this chassis and this platform and added power here and, you know, the way it sorts power through its wheels. Mm-hmm. Very different car, and uh, that's, that's on my list as well, Focus RS.
1: That's good. That's good. I have the Fiesta ST in front-wheel drive category. Chasing the front-wheel drive trend for a minute. Uh, I was trying to think about front-wheel drives that either defy what you expect or do it really well. And so the Fiesta okay. ST, I think, defies what you expect. You look at its tiny little—it's a little tiny micro hatch. It's front-wheel drive. How can this be fun? And everybody sure. gets out and goes, "Wow, that's well done."
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: that's on there. We don't get it here, but every time we drive it, we're impressed. The Renault Megane—the generation mm. that's just ending—it's actually your list. just been replaced. But but the one that we drive at the ring every year. Every time I drive that, I just think, well, no wonder they use this as the this is your beginner car, and it's mm-hmm. not a base car either. They no, have cars it's not. below it in their lineup. It's like it, uh, like a third of the way up their lineup, and that's the car they recommend people drive the ring in for the first time.
0: It's quite a good platform, and it's platform for that. Yeah.
1: Really impressive. It's the Magon, I think it's the two sixty five RS. I think is what we drive. So mm-hmm. that's the horsepower rating, but uh, very impressive because you see in a larger size now, almost if you would almost the. It's almost a mid-sized car. Mm-hmm. So it's much bigger than the Fiesta ST, but does that front-wheel drive chassis so well without torque steer and with a lot of just great dynamics. And then I have to put the benchmark in here, the, I Volks, say, the Volkswagen GTI.
0: That's on my list too. Because
1: yeah. it's. we have we have sometimes gotten hate because we don't think it's the greatest car on the planet. But it's one of those cars that when you put it against things that have their hair on fire, wear their, wear their personality on the sleeve – It's very demure by comparison and isn't quite as fun. Sure, But there's a reason this is the standard bearer. If you want to just have well-sorted front-wheel drive, hatchback shape, start at the GTI. You will understand so much right there. I have to mention it. No kidding. And then I have an oddball, a used oddball in this category. Okay. All right. The Acura TL from 03 to 08. What? That's just a really solid front-wheel drive sedan
0: and they're okay. now
1: crazy cheap. Uh, there are there other options I'm out there? shocked that's on your list. I'm putting it out there because I was just trying to think about what are front wheel drives that when I drove them they made up they made a they resonated with me. And of course I drove that one a while ago the first time. But it was just, you know, after driving a Corzas and Camrys and front wheel drive sedan sedans yeah. that were fine to get into that Acura TL and to find that it was really well set up and was still good looking normal front wheel drive sedan. I just thought
0: There's something special there. It was a special moment at Acura, I feel like. So I have to put it in here. Well, I'll jump off and keep going with uh, the Honda theme there. Great. And let's talk about two. You might see them coming. The S2000. For sure. Front mid-engine car. You don't believe me? Open the hood and check. Bring a tape measure. <laughs> Look at where the axle is. Yep, <laughs> it's very close, but it still is. The S two thousand, of course, is a benchmark car for us. Absolutely. I don't know of any other car, really. I mean, you can't even hold Miatas up to them because they don't have the power the S two thousand has. Fair. We've always fair. said, you know, if this only had what an S two thousand has, the FRS, the GT eighty six doesn't have, with the S S two thousand did. I mean, that was decade ago or more and it has a very unique engine as well yeah it's really astounding car to drive and so revelatory again from a weight distribution handling Mm -hmm. perspective Mm -hmm. and you you feel that you know you're in a special car it really is and they're so inexpensive now well and also
1: it's got electric it's got electric uh steering yes before that was nobody realizes before that was an issue before any of us were railing against it Uh uh-huh it has electric power steering and you know what you drive it and you don't care. You just don't care. Yeah. It, it never even crosses your mind.
0: You know, I think it'll be the, the endless battle from here on out. I mean, electric power steering is here to stay. Absolutely. And you think, oh, well, that's just a recent thing. No, the S2000 was doing it over a decade ago. Yeah, I know. So, you know, that's a pretty unbeatable car in yeah. terms of what we like. And, and what the we fact seek they out. did it so well and nobody really yeah. complained about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody even mentioned it then. And so the other Honda on the list, it's the NSX. For sure. The first-gen NSX. You you and I are looking forward to getting in the second generation. But that first generation, again, such a benchmark car from a mid-engine perspective. You could drive it like an Accord. All Mm -hmm. those things that we love it for. And they are fairly inexpensive, although I do kind of think they're creeping back up now. I think that's that's pretty possible. Depending on the car, depending on the condition. But if you ever have a chance to drive a neighbor's... Acura NSX, yeah. Please jump in. Yeah, there's something Please special there. Please go drive for sure. it. But but both of those
1: cars that you're listening though, the S2000 and the NSX, that was Honda at the top of their sports car game. It
0: really was. And I think you know Honda's bringing some cool stuff out. You know they've got yeah. a lot of stuff in the pipeline. They've got the new Civic Type R. But they were at the top of their game. They they were just. I mean, yeah. You think Honda and you think those two cars. So those are definitely on my list for benchmark like purchases. It. Excellent. Well, guys, uh, give us a quick break. We'll keep going about uh, all these cars that you've got to drive. If you ever have a chance, give us a quick break. We'll be right back. Podcast One Sports presents Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast. Every Tuesday, you can hear Jack Harbaugh. We're going to attack this day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Jim Harbaugh. What the hell's going on around here?
1: And JT Rogan share their stories from on and off the field. Past guests include John Harbaugh, ESPN's Adam Schefter, and Pardon My Takes, PFT, and Big Cat. So don't miss an episode of Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast. Every Tuesday, exclusive on PodcastOne.com and the new Podcast One app. Just a sample of what's coming to Podcast One Sports.
0: Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO.
1: Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor.
0: What's with Janet Spang's? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? (laughs) LOL. And
1: Sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car
0: insurance at GEICO.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. All right. Keep going here with your
1: thoughts. Well, since you just brought up, you you kind of touched on mid-engine just a minute ago before the break with the S2000, I want to actually follow the mid-engine platform. Okay. And I want to list three. All right. That if you get the chance, you should drive these because they're very different animals, but they're all mid-engine. Okay. One is the MR2, the Mr2. Specifically, go with the Spider, the last as as it was just fading away, because it's a very different animal dynamically than the Miata, even mm-hmm. though it's a Miata competitor, mm-hmm. and that those cars are cheap now, like five, six they're, grand. Yeah, they're really the, cheap. The Miata, that pardon me, the MR2 Spider, you can get one, which is crazy. So that one has to be on the list. The Lotus, in general, and I'm going to say pick a Lotus of the modern Lotuses: Elise, Exige, or Evora. Okay. Any of the above, because I think you'll understand one of the reasons that Paul and I both rave about them, even though I have much more love than he does. It's one of those cars that that you always get out of and go, okay, yeah, totally. It's got a special feel. Yeah,
0: I could see myself owning those cars, probably an Evora, most likely. for sure, for sure. I've fallen in love with that 400, the new Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. It feels like... Porsche quality build now Mm -hmm. with all the goodness of a Lotus. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. what attracts me to it.
1: Which is a handling, steering feel that they do specifically. And of course, the Cayman is on my mid-engine list. Sure. Because the Cayman, honestly, and I'm a guy that, again, I own the Lotus, the Cayman does mid-engine about as approachable and well as you possibly can. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the Lotus, especially like the, the Elise and the Exige, if you'd like to a spin, spin a car because it's mid-engine, those Lotuses <laughs> will provide you with the opportunity. They do. The Cayman, you would have to really do something staggeringly wrong to spin a Cayman.
0: You the, could. The you Elise could. is yes. just going to
1: allow you to do it. If you're going to be a bonehead, it'll be fine. I'll spin. I'll just do that. Yeah. The Cayman is so well set up to not have the downsides of mid-engine but still give you all the upsides. That's yeah. why I like both of those cars in comparison because Lotuses, is you want to know what mid-engine is. When it's really well set up, but all the good and bad. Welcome to Lotus. The Cayman is all the good, kind of none of the bad, in mid-engine format.
0: So I've been looking at mid-engine Caymans too for sale. I found a twenty. uh 2008. You mean the early ones, yeah? Yeah, an '08 for twenty-three thousand oh, dollars, like thirty thousand miles or something.
1: This is why we talk about them because they're cheap now comparatively.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking <clears throat> track car maybe. Something like that. Well, but
1: but, on it, but here's the thing. Honestly, if you were shopping, if you were shopping with twenty thousand dollars, and you were really debating, should I get an eighty-six or a Cayman? It's hard for me, as a lover of the eighty-six, to say go eighty-six. Yeah. Why not go Cayman? Come on. I mean, obviously, it'll be more expensive to maintain. Of course, but of course. Come on.
0: I mean, yeah. Just recently, driving uh, um, Chance's wife's car. She uh, she's grinning right now as I'm talking about her she has uh, an orange boxster and i just missed that platform we, mm-hmm. we went on a drive all together a while back yeah, yeah, yeah. a month ago now and just going on that drive i remember that platform and and that Certainly. my my first cayman and not that i don't love mine I, i'm i'm in love with this cayman gts but you know i'm thinking wow they're cheap now yeah it's Unbelievable. amazing it's They've amazing. really come down in price 944 turbos are 16 to 18 grand and but so now, are these modern
1: Caymans, modern which Caymans is crazy. are
0: almost the same price for twenty grand, yeah. as you said. Gosh, well, I have
1: to wonder two things. move, completely. I, I wonder if those Caymans are going to keep dropping, or if they're going to find a floor here in the upper teens. That's the first question. And then I'm also curious: what are those cars like when most of the used ones that are really cheaper run in two hundred thousand miles? Are they? You have to constantly feed them parts, money pits, mm. or do, are they kind of running and surprising all of us? I think that's that's to be to be determined at this yeah, point. I but I'm that really too many curious of there about
0: quite yet. Um, you know, in terms of mileage, mm-hmm. I've seen some pretty high mileage, hundred and thirty thousand. Yeah, oh, that's there, but they're not for quite sure. two hundred yet. So I'm just curious, as
1: they get like really old, what? How are they? Mm-hmm. Are they are they cars that people are starting to get out of? Because like the nine forty four is one of those cars. Nobody denies that the nine forty four is great to drive and it's well balanced and all that. But everybody goes, yes, buy a nine forty four and bring the equivalent to what you just paid for. Just as a extra money mm-hmm. to keep it yeah, running that's right. that's for sure. That's what everybody says on 944. So I'm curious about these Caymans and Boxers, the early ones, when they age to that point,
0: what is their reality? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm yeah, of course, looking. I'm all over the Porsche Club of America classifieds now. We're always looking for Cali. no real reason. We just look because we can, and we have the disease. All right, there's a couple of Japanese manufacturers that we have not talked about up to this point that are truly benchmark cars. So I'm going to jump into the fourth generation Subaru WRX and the STI. So okay, that is good. The current generation is actually a platform change, to my understanding, from 2016 forward, mm-hmm. even though it's the same car. So we'll say pretty much the current generation WRX and STI, the, the modern cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Staggeringly good for what you get yeah. for these cars. This is why we recommend them so much. You can beat on these cars. Yeah, for and sure. They're just good. Even the WRX just scampers when you rev it to six thousand. I currently think be-
1: because of the torque curve and because of the engine, which is the FRS with the turbo that it doesn't have, uh, because of that engine, I actually currently prefer the the WRX right now over the STI. Do you? Okay. I think the STI I – mean, And there are
0: different motors. So, absolutely. No, you know, and, the, and the STI is that same – Definitely make power differently. You know,
1: ain't broke, don't fix it motor they've been using forever. <laughs> and they <Okay>? haven't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, but I think the WRX is is the more interesting car of the current lineup. But I'm also going to say, and I have these, of course, in my all-wheel drive listing. The other one that I think you have to drive is the O five O six range WRX.
0: Mm, okay, that right.
1: generation, of course, that's the one that also was the Sabaru at the same time. But, that's right, that's right. But that gin, I feel like was was a high watermark for those cars, and I, I'm not restricting it to just O five O six, like O five to O eight. It's that range, that model range. So it's like two back from the current one, if you will. That was a really great era for those cars and they're pretty cheap now. I mean 10-15 grand gets you a nice one. Yeah, which is so, which is cool. You know, you compare that to the the current WX the, the new one that's going to be 25 to 30 and you've got, you know, jump down in price, which is helpful. And those are really really good cars. Now most of them are high mileage at this point, but they're still Subaru Legos, so you can keep them running. You know, what's
0: interesting about most all of the cars we've named so far are all manual transmissions. I mean, there's a few exceptions in here, sure, but sure most of them are all manuals. And there's not too many more choices in manual transmission categories. Well,
1: but, I mean, a lot of these you can get either way. But you're right; we're of course thinking about is them nowhere in. on my lists.
0: You know, I've got them.
1: I've got them up in the higher higher levels, but do uh, you yeah, for different but, reasons? Mm-hmm, but uh, but I think all of these we've got. You can get some of them in automatics. Some of them got good automatics, dual clutches and stuff. In the all-wheel drive category, I do have uh, three others I need to list. Okay. If we're talking all-wheel drive, you want to experience all-wheel drive, the WRX is kind of a, a – Subaru is kind of an obvious. You have to be there. Mm-hmm. That's 50-50. Yeah. It's funny. You put a Subaru up on a lift – and you spin the left front wheel and you watch the right rear wheel spin at the same speed. Yeah. I mean, it's just everything. You just go,
0: oh, that's how that works. Yeah, it's pretty fun to see. Actually.
1: As a result, drive the Golf R because it isn't that way because it's the Haldex system. Right, and right. And see if you can have the chance to drive it hard enough to feel the back half of the car engage. Yeah, when it
0: because comes alive. Because it is essentially
1: a front wheel drive car until the system decides, oh, 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 the back wheel needs to do something. <laughs> and you can feel it. If you push hard enough, you can feel it. That's the reason to drive that Golf R. And the Golf R is great in its own right, but I'm just comparing it specifically in feel because of that Haldex engaging sure. those clutches. And while I'm staying with differences in feel, Evo X yeah. versus Focus RS. Okay. Because right. the Evo X does what the GTR does for half the money or a third of the money, where it's, true. it's moving power around, but it's doing it so well you kind of can't stay ahead of it.
0: It just, it's done it already. Yeah, I'm wondering about Evos and their long-term reliability. Fair, fair. i just, the, the Evo 10 is on my list. If you haven't driven this car and mm-hmm. you can't drive the a WRX or the STI and think, i have I've seen that part of the country, you know? No, 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 <laughs> no. It's such a different car. And, I mean, yeah, again, the way it makes power, mm-hmm. the high-strung nature, that motor is completely different and i just think all right evo 10s yeah, yeah. they're getting pretty cheap they're starting to get there and but they're getting cheap and they're getting old what's going to happen yeah. and reliability mm-hmm. and it's a high strung car yeah. held together with makeup and straps yeah. so you know what's well, going to happen to these cars i would cars almost say that car question.
1: clearly i have uh, you can see the pattern in me but i would almost say that car is like the lotus elise of all wheel drives Sure. It's, they stitch together all the great chassis yeah. stuff. And by the way, we brought a body and some interior pieces with it, and I'm sure the alarm's going to freak out. But you know, there's these kind of things. Yeah. But watch our, watch our Focus RS piece, where we have the STI and the Evo and the Golf R up next to the Focus RS. Because I like the Focus RS, but what I find fascinating about it, and I'm spoilering the, uh, the piece a little bit, but what I find fascinating about it is the Focus RS is moving all that power around, but you can feel it happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which isn't isn't a slight against it. It's just you can feel the car working on it. Whereas the Evo, I feel like I never knew what it was doing. It just did it. It's just done now. And I kept going, how did Mitsubishi, who's making what, the Mirage and some (laughs) SUVs that no one's buying? I mean, I hate
0: to say it, but it's true. How are they doing this? Mirage and not in a good way. Yeah, it's that Mirage on the horizon. Yeah, but we're not heading that direction. It's nail polish color and you want to drive it off a cliff. Congratulations. Well, unless you have any more, you know, sort of lesser priced, easily affordable kinds of cars, I've got four on here that are kind of nutty. I've covered
1: all my drivetrains below 50. So I'm happy to go onto the nutty list for sure.
0: All right. So, again, these are cars if you've got the chance. All right. So we've covered, you know, all these other cars. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. You know, as I said, you can get into. I'm going to start with any catering. If you can get into okay. any Caterham, okay. Okay. Yeah. say yes. Yeah. Go drive that car. Yeah.
1: P- pour yourself into the cockpit, yeah. mind you.
0: Remove the steering wheel yeah. and then jump and, in. And,
1: and vital limbs you won't need for driving because every, you're going to need every little piece of you to get in there. Yeah, I'm also going to say
0: any Audi R8. Okay. Mid-engine, all-wheel drive. What a brilliant car, even from the first generation way mm-hmm. back in 2008.
1: My favorites are the early 4.2 with the gated shifter. That's yeah, I, that, that, cool that's a, a moment in time in Audi, for sure.
0: And you think, all right, you see Audis around and, you know, the R8s, I mean. And, you know, there's so many hypercars, supercars out mm-hmm. there. And you think, all right, the R8s, kind of whatever. It's a brilliant car. It's a very cool it's a really car. It really is. And, you know, those cars, those early generations, I mean, they're well under 100 now. Mm-hmm. not necessarily a bargain, but, you know, just saying, <laughs> put that out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I'm also going to say any McLaren because McLaren for me is the big daddy Lotus. It's like the yeah. Lotus thinking on a grand scale. I think that's a great description, and I had the exact same thing. My my, my description here was McLaren, pick one. Yeah. I, <laughs> just, I don't I really care what model, just pick one. Jump in McLaren. If you have that opportunity, holy cow. And then finally, this is out there. I don't think this car is on your list. Okay. I know Chance is going to like this. Now I'm I'm intrigued. Any Shelby Cobra. Any replica Shelby Cobra. Any real one. I don't care what it is. I don't care who makes it. If it's got... You know, if it's the if it's the recipe done right, to the, I get what you're saying. To the Kirkham, to the okay. Performance. I don't care. But you got to feel that short wheelbase, wide car with a monster engine mm-hmm. that wants to kill you. It, it wants to kill you as soon as possible. It doesn't want to toy with you like a exactly. cat with a mouse. It just wants to kill you as soon as it can. Yeah, It's looking for every opportunity. <laughs> You've got to drive a Shelby Cobra. I like it. The end. That's I mean, very I know it list. might sound a little cliche and you see the guys out on Sundays and they're just cruising around yeah. and flipping yeah, yeah. the throttle. But there's kind of a reason. Sure. You've sure. got to get yourself in this. Very good list.
1: Very good list. I'm going to run through mine real quick. The uh, the car that is not what you think it is on my list is the Corvette C7.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Uh, if you fair haven't enough. driven this
1: car, if you get a chance to, do not for a split second think, oh, I know what Corvettes are like or Corvettes are not for me. The C7 might be for you. The C7 <laughs> is a great, great car. So have let that car surprise you. Another car and they let the, let the car surprise you. I actually did this. This is really out there, and then I'm going to come more to kind of stuff we normally talk about. Okay. But go see what a performance SUV can do and drive a BMW X5M. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Because I just – every time I drive one of those, especially when we've had them at, like, motorpress track days, I, I get in it going, all right, let's see what this is about again. And I get out of it going – I can't believe a bunch of engineers got together, took that chassis, and made it do that.
0: And you're passing other cars it's, in corners. It's a, it's
1: a monster. And, and it's, <laughs> it's a fantastic representative of that class of vehicle. Pick your heavy-duty AMG uh, Mercedes or your Cayennes or whatever. But I really think that X5M is a unique standout in that category of just, you want to see what performance SUVs are all about? Drive one of these on, so that's why that's out there. Uh, we mentioned the Hellcat Charger earlier, but a couple others I want to talk about. You mentioned McLarens. Thanks for covering that. A car that this one, this one's out there because I don't know that you'll ever have the chance, and I can't believe I had the chance. Okay, the 911 GT3 RS40. That is the oh, 997 yeah. generation yeah. GT3 with a very limited edition four-liter engine that was a that was a very rare car that car's worth like a half million dollars now yeah. i can't believe those we drove one in price. no no they're worth a lot i can't yeah. believe we had the chance to drive one in our icon film and in spite of the fact that years, i'm not a you mean 50 years in 911 sorry sorry 50 years in yeah, 911. Yeah. yes in spite of the fact that i can't I, i'm not a guy that runs to 911s if i ever had the opportunity to own one of those cars i would
0: do it in uh, the I next breath and the 997 chassis speaks and to i like the
1: 997 chassis and yeah. jumping off of that if you have the opportunity to compare that to the 991 gt3 that is an interesting seismic shift Mm -hmm. in Porsche's Mm -hmm. hyper-performance cars. Because my issue with the 991, which is a crazy sentence to begin with because it's an unbelievably (laughs) capable car, but I think it's gotten too big. For me personally, the guy that likes little cars, I I can feel that it's noticeably larger than that 997, which is why that that RS40 is just, that's the business for me. Mm -hmm. So there's that. I can see that. (laughs) I want to say that I would like, this is almost the other part of Alex's question, I would like to drive more Ferraris.
0: You would.
1: I would, because Ferraris have a flavor about them that is all their own. I agree. I agree. And I'm just not attracted
0: to them. I mean, recently, less and less am I attracted to them. But we've
1: had, we've had less experience that I would like in them, and I'd like to drive more of them. Okay. Because right. they have their own character. And so that's why I'm going to say if you have an opportunity to drive – sound like Ferris Bueller now. If you have the opportunity, I highly recommend picking <laughs> one up. But but honestly, if you have the opportunity to drive a Ferrari, they are a unique animal and you should drive them for that reason. A couple others really quickly, the Rolls-Royce. Just because – Wow. Just because you get in a Rolls-Royce and you suddenly go, oh, that's where the money went.
0: Yeah. All I, I, of your money. Look, How I'm so an Rolls Royce.
1: Exactly. I'm an enthusiast little car guy. These are not a car I would ever gravitate toward, but I will admit to having gotten in on an auto show and closed the door and pressed the buttons and gone, oh, I see. Oh, oh, I, <laughs> this, I'm not even this moving. This is why
0: they sell cars. I'm not
1: even moving, and now I yeah. see. Because the point of it is not even about the fact that you're moving. It's about the fact that you're interacting with the interior and the feel of it and the. It's absurd. So there's that. I hear they're adequate. Yeah, I'm sure they're adequate. Yeah, there's a running joke about uh, Rolls Royce. And then my last one on this list is the alternate to the 911 that I'm so impressed with, okay. the Mercedes AMG GT. Oh. It is, when I drove it on a track a couple years ago, and unfortunately due to schedule you didn't have the chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, and i still like to get in that it car. It was
1: the best combination I can think of between the flavor of a 911 mixed with a full-on muscle car. Hmm. It was somehow that in a blender, and I just thought if you if you've got nine eleven money and you're shopping in this world, you have to drive that car, because depending upon who you are personality wise, it may speak to you over the nine eleven because it has an attitude that the nine eleven just doesn't.
0: I haven't lifted the hood on that car, but that is is that technically front mid engine? Is it fully behind the rear wheels? Or I wouldn't the front be surprised
1: I mean? because it's got that huge hood. I would have to see it
0: and really think about I mean, it. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Really. I'd have to look. I'm pretty sure somebody's going to look and correct us. Yeah.
1: All right. So uh, that was exhaustive, (laughs) and I'm I'm exhausted as as a result. (laughs) We aren't even going to do a car debate because there's just no time. We should do a few questions, though.
0: We do have questions, and uh, jumping off onto Instagram here, switching gears just to aesthetics only. Jmh9705 is asking, what's the best looking convertible? Mm. Of course, this is very subjective. We could go in many different directions. You know, if we're going to talk in in the history of cars? Or history. Or in the last... Ever. Year? <laughs> I mean, you know, the E-Type Jag has got to be up there. If we're talking best-looking co- convertible ever made. But I think you're kind of asking, in general, of the cars that are on the road right now that you kind okay. of see around. Okay. I'm going with the 991 911 with its magnesium roof panels that comprise... Th- and keep the nice shape of that. It does roofline. do a really good
1: job of, of copying the coupe shape with the top up. It, it that's hard that. to do. And
0: that's because of those magnesium inserts in that, uh, in the cloth there in the Cabriolet. Mazda RF is on the list. I think that's very true. I don't know if you can really classify it as a convertible. It's but
1: possibly a Targa by comparison, I'm but, going I, t- with but it. I, I see what you're doing.
0: Yeah, that's for a sure. Beautiful <laughs> car. Yeah. And then finally the Jaguar F type I like that car in convertible form. That is cool looking. I'll give you that as top well. Top up, top down. Mm-hmm. I dig that it's just car. just a good looking car, yeah. So, yeah, you know, subjective. That could also change, yeah. you know, in the next five minutes. But, you know, I'm going with those three for right now. I hadn't really thought about this, but as we're talking it through, I'm going to say S2000.
1: Okay. Because the thing about okay. the S2000, it's, look, you put an S2000 next to an E-Type, it's not interesting. But it is, it's is—it's timeless. It's such a form. It's just a, it's like an unfussy un form mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. think with the top down, it has that great wedge shape. It looks like a doorstop. And I mean that, honestly, in this case, I actually mean that as a compliment.
0: I would say more with the top down. With the top up, it's a little bit the tall. Top up, you know, know, but when I'm thinking convertible, I'm thinking and how do these tall look tall.
1: with the top down? And I think okay, yes, the sure. S2000 with the top down does this great doorstop, timeless, simple shape that I do think works. Mm. I don't know that it's the most gorgeous thing, everybody. I just think it works. It just—I think it's going to work twenty years from now. Yeah, I agree. Know? I agree. Anyway.
0: All right, excellent question. You know, we had to—you know—throw that in there just for sake of flavor. What else you got,
1: uh, Joe Carr? I Want to talk on this real quickly? He asked off of Facebook. Uh, we've talked about winter tires a lot. We've talked about if you're going to drive in snow, don't get all seasons, or don't count on your all seasons, get winter tires. He just bought that new category of all-weather tires. What right. do you think? Right. All-weather tires, if you don't know, Nokian, who's a we're a big fan of Nokian tires for full winter tires. They do it just about better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nokian is one of the companies, and I think Continental, somebody's going to correct me, I think Continental is the other company that's doing all-weather tires. The difference is this is a... If you want to think about it this way, it's an all-season idea for a tire, but they are fully snow rated, which all-season tires are not. Mm -hmm. Right, Joe, I have not experienced these myself yet. I think the idea is fantastic. What it says to me is, if you're in a place that doesn't get snow all the time, but has those winter temperatures, this may be the fix. This may be your year-round tire fix. I haven't had a chance to personally experience them. I would like to. But if they've solved, honestly, I think the harder part of this equation is if you've got them actually snow rated, how have you solved the other part of the equation when it's 70, 80 degrees outside?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sure. That's where the winter tires start to feel really weird normally. So if they've really solved that, I think that it may be the better solve than the all season.
0: Hmm. Oh, I like that. Uh, super quick question from ENT T on Facebook as well. He's asking about a high performance driving event insurance asking for recommendations ian i have not actually used an insurer for a particular high performance driving event day myself Mm -hmm. but i've heard a lot of porsche owners talk about locked in motorsports Mm locked in insurance this is not an ad but i've just i've seen it advertised a lot and they they are definitely in and amongst the porsche community and of course high performance driving community and sometimes you know when we're in germany or we're at various places you know the the car folks renting us the car there might provide the insurance there so it just kind of depends but generally speaking your your regular insurance isn't going to cover a track day event mm-hmm. so uh, True. yeah True. there's uh there's a few of them out there you can google that and uh, and look around but um i know uh lockton is definitely ingrained in the enthusiast category there too that's good that's good uh, A. McFarlane on Instagram asked, what what
1: car that's currently out right now do we feel like needs an update the most? Oh, I've got and one. And he brought up the STI. Sure. But you know what I think desperately needs it more than anything I can think of? Hmm. The Z car. I was going to say the Z. Were you? Yeah, Nissan, where are you? Yeah, Nissan, are you?
0: yeah I, I feel like they're delayed for some reason, just in, um, you know resources have been marshalled for other projects. For maybe sure. it's electric, maybe it's autonomous, for maybe sure. it's something else that has taken designers and people off of the Z car project because wow mm-hmm. that thing is just yeah, it needs a and, fresh.
1: And it's and here's it a car for them has so much history. It mm-hmm. has so much history, and it's been such a good car for so many generations, and it's just being allowed to just we'll keep stamping the body panels and selling them. I guess I, I, it's it's too bad. That's a genuinely really good car that unfortunately right now is overpriced, yeah, and desperately needs new. desperately needs an update. I just and, and it's it's unfortunately like the GTR. It's an oddball on the rest of Nissan's lineup.
0: They care about the GTR because it's the halo car, and the Z car is left in limbo. Mark B on Facebook is asking about what is a good car to learn manual because he's Ooh. a pretty new enthusiast. This is also not an ad, but I'm going to say Turo. Go Turo a car because okay. you don't have to show some sort of yes, I'm authorized and I know how to drive a manual when you rent a car. You're going to terrify the owner, but I take that point. You don't have to tell him that. You can just go find a manual transmission car and go learn. I mean, but I but I have an answer for a type of car though. Oh, for a type, okay. I'm just honestly, saying any anything which Emmanuel has saying But
1: honestly. Fine. You know, you and I were when we were just in Germany, mm-hmm. we rented the, the Say at Leon, mm-hmm. which is essentially a GTI. <laughs> the GTI or not the GTI, the golf in any form. GTI through normal golf, through T D I, through hey, it's now badged to something else, doesn't matter. That is one of the simplest Manual transmissions to drive on the planet as far as nothing is hard and fights you. The mm-hmm. car really, really wants to work and not stall. It's it's such an easy toe in the pool of manual transmissions. Anything in the Golf lineup will treat you really well to just learn the basics and not feel like the car is trying to, t- trying to fight you at all.
0: So you brought up Ferrari earlier. I did. And on Twitter, Brandon, he is uh, SlickMoney007. I liked this question too. Keep going. What is the product that has a car maker's logo on it that you dislike the most? The one that makes you shake your head in disbelief. Mm -hmm. It's anything and everything from Ferrari. (laughs) I mean, the shirts, okay. Some cool clothing, some cool jackets. They went nuts though, didn't they? But they have roller coasters in Dubai and they have shot glasses, bed sheets, Mm -hmm. stuffed animals, Mm -hmm. toy cars, all the garbage that you associate with anybody but Ferrari. By the way, we sell cars too. Yeah. And they sell very expensive at the top, top, top end of the market. And this is a way for us to get a piece of Ferrari that yeah. we'll never otherwise have? You're bumping up
1: against the other, the other irony of Ferrari. The irony of Ferrari, and that's actually not my answer here, but I do want to speak to this. But the irony of Ferrari is this. If you would like to buy the actual product we know them for, a Ferrari, you kind of can't have one. Right. But right. if you'd like to buy any ridiculous other piece of item with our logo slapped on it, well, anybody can walk in and buy that. I find that so, I'm trying, I don't even know if there's another product in the world where that's the case, where you can't, it's, it's incredibly difficult to get the actual thing that the brand was created
0: for, but the brand is available everywhere else Just, for you. Just the more I hear about this, the more I'm tired of the snobbery of Ferrari, even though, I mean, here we are talking about that you know the top end of the it's market. out of but, reach
1: of anything real i'd get you know, that but.
0: porsche is now with the gt3 touring they're kind of sticking it to all those 911r owners sure. as we've yeah. talked about yeah, yeah. and they're making themselves accessible if you want to spend money and throw down on a hot mclaren they will find a car they will sell yeah, you sure. a car sure you walk they're in nice. with money and
1: they're gonna you can buy a product our stuff? Crazy.
0: So I, I like that mentality better mm-hmm. than Ferrari, even though, yes, there's plenty of used car sites where you can find Ferraris, sure. pretty new ones for sale, sure. but you can't spec it out how you like and you can't, mm-hmm. you know, do anything. You just, here it is, they, here's they the price. A brand
1: that makes it hard to buy their product, which is crazy. I want to speak to Brandon's question real quickly though, and that is the, the car logo thing that I don't understand on any product is always child seats. If you're a parent mm. – and Ferrari's done it, but a lot of other brands have done it too. Here is our, our branded child seat. If you're a parent, you want the latest and greatest child seat because the other thing that's funny in car seats with kids is you can't buy last year's model. Last year's model is a death trap. Well, all the kids survived in it last year. <laughs> that that happens all the time. It, let, let's make sure that's not a racket. True. That's
0: true. But if you're
1: a parent, you want to find the best car seat that fits your car, that fits your budget, that has the features you need. You just need to afford it, and it needs to work. And also you need to understand that it's going to get destroyed. It's going to have spit up and, oh, look, juice is on it again. Sure. The last thing that needs to happen is to now gouge a parent further with, why don't you buy our car seat, which is the same car seat you could get for a third of the price,
0: but we just slapped our logo on it. Look, Ridiculous. it's says Sparko. I mean, racing, and you've got to have this seat, right? Well, but, yeah, I just – oh, man. I. <laughs> What else? Well, uh, last question for me is from Dale. He was one of our co-drivers for the 24 hours of lemons race mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that we recently did up in Seattle at Ridge Motorsports park. Dale, thank you for writing in. He's asking, when will we see the stinger review? And I saw the Kia stinger at the Frankfurt show. I can't wait to get in this car. And I will say, as soon as the Kia folks get back to me and uh, <laughs> we can get in that car. We've asked for sure. But for sure. Uh, yeah, looking forward to getting in that. I'm, I'm endlessly intrigued by this car. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm very excited. I've got one last question. That
1: was Christoph asking Would we rather see more driver focused enthusiast cars at the 40 to 60 grand range so that we can dream about them and then buy them used? Or would we like to see manufacturers doing it at the Mazda Speed Fiesta ST level of 20 to 30 grand? Christoph, I'm going to say the problem with sports cars in general is that for most people, that is your disposable money. You can't go buy one as your primary car. I mean, I'm a, I'm a weirdo and I do. But in general, you can't go buy one as your primary vehicle. It's your toy. So I'm gonna say based on that, I want the twenty to thirty grand variation where you can go get a brand new sports car. I'm not saying twenty to thirty grand is cheap throwaway money. It's real money.
0: Oh yeah. But oh, at yeah. the
1: same time, really good driver cars at that level, most of the time they don't do them. That's why the eighty six and Fiesta ST and Miata are such a big deal. I would love to see options. We talked about it. Uh, why didn't GM do one last time? I'd love to see options at that range. It's hard to make the numbers work. But I think it would allow more people to do what we want on this show, which is don't dream about it. Get a car you love Mm -hmm, because that's starting to get into money you might actually have. You
0: know, I'm in complete agreement, surprisingly. It it happens. It happens. For accessibility, just to get into something fun that you really love. I mean, where is the Honda 2001 or the S3000 or whatever it's going to be called? Yeah, for sure. Where is that car Uh that's the next iteration? Still beautiful, but... Come on. That's accessible to us, to everybody. That's what I'm looking for. That's why I love the N division from Hyundai. Yeah. I'm yeah, loving cool. I'm glad the buy 30 N. It, for sure. Which will be, I guess, the Elantra, whatever. We'll see what they do. Maybe. Yeah. I I love that feel, that concept. I love the accessibility of that, that it could work in your life. It's four doors, yet it's still fun. I mean, the GTI speaks to that all day sure. long. Yeah. yeah, yeah, You know, One of the originators of that concept. But I, I'm with you. The 20 to 30... I'd, I'd prefer that. Well, guys, thank you again for listening. We're really, really happy you wrote in. And for Alec, sure. thank you again for this really fun question. Yeah, four
1: hours later, we think we've covered your question. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it was really interesting. Thank you, guys. As uh, we've said before, write to us with your debates at Everyday Driver. TV at gmail.com and the website everydaydriver.com and then for fun questions like this like Alex, find us on all the social media pl- platforms Facebook Instagram blah, and I'll
1: blah. say the thing I haven't said in a while if you're sending emails furiously to everyday everyday driver at Gmail you're TV. not reaching us it's got to be everyday driver tv at gmail there's somebody out there with the everyday driver at gmail account that's getting doesn't understand why they're getting randomly spammed okay (laughs) so everyday driver tv at gmail is where to reach us directly and of course through the website we appreciate the guys that you guys have been rating us and sharing us since we've been asking about that we really appreciate that we hope for more and we will talk to you next time
0: yes massive thanks cheers
1: ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere.